Welcome to the Raider FCA podcast. This podcast was created to minister to the students at Southwood Elementary and beyond. Please pray for this endeavor and remember that if you have any prayer requests, we'll be honored to pray for you. Hope you're ready to lift up the name of Jesus, so let's get started. Well, I'd like to welcome everybody to our next FCA Raider podcast. And we have a guest that has been with us before today, Norm Markham. He's going to talk to you a little bit about what is next after you have chosen to um, ask Jesus to save you and you receive this salvation, then what? Because this uh, walk with Jesus is not just, oh, I'm saved and don't do anything. So uh, Norm's going to give us a, a little roadmap on and what we need to do next as a new believer. So uh, before, we, before we start, I'd like to open in prayer for us. Dear Lord, I thank you again for this time, and I thank you for uh, Norm and his uh, ministries that uh, um, he leads. And thank you, Lord, for, for his walk, Lord. It's, it's an encouragement to a lot of people. And Lord, I just ask that you would uh, uh, protect him and provide for him and his family and um, just bless this podcast episode, Lord, and let it be for your glory. And just send it out to whoever you see fit and, and bless them with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Norm, it's all yours. All yours. All right, thank you, Mr. Ord. And we're um, glad, thank you, uh, for the invite to come back. Um, I enjoyed our last uh, our last time together. It was a, it was a lot of uh, it was a lot of fun uh, to to get a chance to do this electronically, um, and to uh, to get a chance to, to to really share. I think what is the uh, the ground, uh, the uh, the foundation, the groundwork of why uh, this Christian walk is so important. And, and um, like you had said, uh, the purpose of man, the, the reason God created us, we're we're His crowning creation. He created us so that he could enjoy us, so that we could worship him, so we could enjoy his great, this great um, creation we see. But also, we are, to answer Cain's question, am I my brother's keeper? Well, the answer to that is yes, we are our brother's keeper. We're supposed to, we weren't, we weren't created in a vacuum. We've talked off camera about this new uh, education process that we're all dealing with. I'm a, I'm an educator. I'm dealing with it just like you are as a student. You're dealing with the virtual world and all those things. This is a season that we have to deal with this. And you have to understand that this is not permanent. In fact, nothing is permanent. Life is life is a vapor, is what is what Solomon said. So the purpose of man is to worship God, to seek God, and to work with our within our uh, our clan, our family, our small group, our large group, our country, our world to make the world a better place. And then I think you've gone through the process of salvation. How is one saved? Um, and in that process, you literally are trading the life that you have on your own, that you're given, this sinful life we're born into. You're trading that life for a walk with Christ. And that's that's a big step. That's a big step. It can be a scary step, especially for new Christians. But I'm just going to tell you, if you're a new Christian and you're scared and you're worried and you're wondering about that, guess what? <laughs> 
I've been a Christian for a long, long time, and there are still days that I'm scared. I'm still worried about my walk. I'm still, I, I still fret sometimes when I know I'm not supposed to fret. I, you know, I know that I, I have put my trust in Christ. I know that God is protecting me, but at the same time, we're human, and we have our faults. We have our failures, and you know, I look at the apostles. I look at the apostle Paul. Um, when I when I get trapped in um, in um, questionable thoughts and all that stuff, I'm reminded that Paul, one of the greatest apostles, half the New Testament is is it was written by him. I look and I, he goes. There are times when I do the things that I know I'm not supposed to do. And I don't do the very things I know that I'm supposed to do. I have I have courage from that because he made it through. He got through. And he got through through his trust in Christ, his belief, his faith. And that was a walk that we all strive to get. So I want to go one step further. We, we know why we were created. We know the process of being saved. So today I want to talk a little bit about the performance of the Christian life, whether you're a new Christian, a new believer, or whether you've been saved for years. I don't know who's listening to this podcast. Uh, I assume it's mostly students, but there's probably also uh, some uh, older teachers or administrators or uh, brothers and sisters, moms and dads, whoever's listening to this. We have to understand that our role as a Christian is not a one-shot deal. It's not a one-shot deal. It is an ongoing process. Now, we're saved. If you call upon the, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All right. So saved is done. But the process of, of working through that salvation is daily from now on. It doesn't mean that you're earning your salvation. You can't earn it. It's not of works, lest anybody should boast. But at the same time, every day is a walk in that new process. So when we when we start thinking about our Christian walk, the first thing we have to understand, the very first thing, is because we're human, we have to feed ourselves. We have to we have to nourish ourselves. So in your Christian walk, you're a Christian or whether you've been a Christian for forty years, our very first thing is to feed our spiritual person. We do that in the Word of God. You have to make a daily effort. And I don't mean it's just, well, you know, I didn't run out, I ran out of time. It, it, it doesn't take a long time, but you need to have a daily Bible reading and a daily, daily prayer life. Okay? Um, Psalm 119, thy word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. If I'm reading God's word, if I'm structurally making myself stop everything and I'm reading his word, there are the internet's full of Bible plans. Most Bibles have a read the Bible through in a year plan. You can get um, uh, daily. I, I use um, um, I'm trying to think one of the one of the apps I get, I get a daily I get a daily devotional. And sometimes that devotional is enough to sustain me. Sometimes it isn't. It just depends on what's going on in your in your life. There are days that you wake up and just a little snack is enough to get you through to lunchtime. But there are days you wake up and their hunger is there. Same thing spiritually. You got to feed your spiritual person. 
the um, and and that is an owing forever process. I mean, you don't just eat once a week, do you? So spiritually, if you're trying to do this walk with going just out, well, you know, I, I go to church on Sunday morning or I watch church on TV on Sunday morning, you eat more than one meal a day. <laughs> so you are one more than a week. You've got to, you've got to feed yourself spiritually. And when you get into the habit of that, you get into the habit of that, you'll find that when you don't do that, your spiritual person will hunger and it will tell you. Just as in when you don't eat and you get rumbling in your belly, if you're used to feeding yourself spiritually and you don't do that, you miss it. A um, long time ago, I got the um, a person gave me the – I wish I could remember who because uh, – the the uh, the thought process was is where do I start and a lot of people will know where do I start. Um, here's what I do, and um, and I've done this for I can't tell you how many years I've done it. But on the day of the month, I read that proverb. Now I do other readings and I have other studies and stuff. But like today uh, at the recording of this, it's March the eighth. So I wrote uh, I, I read this morning Proverbs eight. Read the chapter, didn't take long. I've read it probably a hundred times maybe. But every time I read it, God reveals something else. Or there's something going on in my life, going on in my life right now that maybe a month or three months or five months ago wasn't going on that now that's the moment to hit that. Now that's just one simple thing, but that's part of the habit. And when I don't do that, I miss that. So you have to keep feeding your spiritual person, and, and you feed that spiritual person every single day. You also have to stay in touch with headquarters. You have to have a prayer life. Now, for some people, it's, oh, Lord, let me pass this test. So, or it's, oh, Lord, will you let this slow driver get out from in front of me? Turn off. Please, Lord, let them turn off. You know, something like that. Your prayer life is going to be much bigger than that. There are three kinds of prayer. And I, I do a whole devotion on just this. I'll give you the points, and then maybe at some time in the future we'll do it. But there are three kinds of prayer. There is a uh, there is a public prayer, and those are the ones that you pray. If somebody asked you to pray in church, or like uh, Mr. Ord prayed at the beginning of this, a public prayer that everybody kind of joins in and leads me. Then you have a very private prayer, and this is what you do in your private time. This is when you talk to God. It's one-on-one, -on -one. and this is not that, oh, Lord, we are a bountiful. We're grateful for all that you've done. That's not the kind of prayer it is. It's the, here I am, Lord. I'm scared. Lord, I'm tired. Lord, I need direction. Lord, you've put people in my life that I know I need to get away from. Or, Lord, put people in my life that I can't get away from. That's the time when you communicate. Just like, and, and, and the Bible's very clear. It says, we go to him and say, Abba, Father. When Jesus taught the disciples, uh, we call it the Lord's Prayer, but it's actually the disciples' prayer. When he taught them the disciples' prayer, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a very, it's a very structured type prayer, and it's something that would take place every day, you and God. You read, you talk to God. And the third prayer, I call it the perpetual prayer. <clears throat> and um, if you see me driving down the road and I'm talking, 
If I'm not on the phone, I'm talking to the Lord. <laughs> That's when I do my best talking. It's not when I do my best listening, but that is when I do my best talking. But it's an ongoing personal spiritual conversation with the Lord. It goes on all the time. He says he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. That means he's always with us. So if you wake up in the morning and you're feeling lonely, get over it because you're not. God is right there. He's with you every step of the way. He will make his presence known when he needs to, but sometimes you've got to walk on a little bit of faith too and understand that you're not alone. You're not going through all this stuff alone. He is with you, but you gotta you gotta stay read up, you gotta stay in the word, and you gotta keep connected with headquarters. Second thing that you have to do, and I know that's a lot for, for point one. I don't know how many hours this is supposed to supposed to go. So I'll just <laughs> I'll cut it short as much as I can. Um, but the second thing you have to remember is we are social creatures. God made us as his creation social people. I mean, go back to Genesis. It's not good for man to be alone. So God created Eve as a helper. And made it so that they could reproduce and have children so that they would have people around them and those children and those children and this generation and that generation. God made us social people. So through this pandemic, through this COVID stuff, it has shut many of us down. We're social creatures. We're not used to just sitting and staring into a computer screen. We're used to having our friends around. We're used to talking about stuff. We're used to laughing. We're used to crying together. We're used to ribbing each other. And, uh, you know, that's what that's what we do. Well, Ephesians 2.10. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the third one. Hebrews 10.25. Hebrews 10.25. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. We are supposed to be in church. Now, my pastor and I have had this conversation multiple times. If you are in, if you're in a church, first of all, if you're not in a Bible-believing church where the gospel is preached, where people pray and people love and people are trying to help each other and try to help their community, you need to get in there. If you're in a church and you're spending all your church, maybe your church is shut down for a little while. As soon as the doors open up, you need to go back. Yeah, I know for now we have to wear a mask and social distance, but that too will fade. But as quickly as you can, you need to get involved. Young people need to be involved in a youth group. You need to be involved in a group that's going to pray, that's going to play, and it's going to prepare you for the future. Uh, if your church doesn't have a youth group, start one. <laughs> Find somebody that can help you get there because you cannot forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We can't do that. It's, a, it's, a, it, it, it's panamount. We must stay in the word. We must assemble together. And then the last one, uh, I said Ephesians 2.10. I remember, I want to remind you that as this new creature in Christ Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But Ephesians 2.10 says, we are his workmanship, and we were created for good works. Now, you can't work your way to heaven. I'm not, it's not, and you can't buy your way to heaven. I'm not one of, one of those people. But I can tell you that if you're saved, if you know Jesus as your Lord, you will want 
to tell others. You will want to help others. And the evidence of your salvation will be in the works you do, the places you go, and the things you put your hands to. Um, I'm not going to say it's a, it's not a surety because we walk on faith. It's by faith we're saved, right? But if, if somebody says they're saved and they have no desire to go to church or they have no desire to help people or they have no desire to, I mean, I, I, I don't know if the spirit of the Lord's working in you because that's exactly what he did. That's exactly how look at the life of Jesus. If you want, if you want to know, if you want to know what it's like to be a Christian, a Christ-like person, they were first called Christians at Antioch. And the reason they were called Christians at Antioch is because they were selling everything they had. People were up just saying, well, you know what? I've got a table. I don't need that table. I don't need that chair. I've got that table. I'm going to sell this stuff. And they were taking the money and they were helping people who were hungry. And they were helping people who had lost their jobs. And they were helping people whose uh, husbands had been martyred because they believed in Christ and, and they had taken their houses. They were moving people in. They were taking care of widows and orphans. And that's what the work of Christ was. When Christ was here, he was healing people. He was encouraging people. He was giving people hope. He was giving people the truth of the gospel, and he was pointing the way to God. And that's what we as Christians are supposed to be doing too. It's our responsibility because that's what he created us for. He created us to work. He created us to work. So, if you want to know what your purpose is, your purpose is to be, my preacher calls it, being Jesus with skin on. <laughs> that means um, finding places to work, finding things to do. Every church that I have ever been in has always needed workers. Every church. Doesn't matter how big the church, doesn't matter how small the church. Usually what happens out of the congregation, you have 10 to 15% of the people that go to that church that actually do the work of that church. The other 80-90% are spectators, not participators. Now, you may be young and you may be a new Christian, but you know what? I'm sure that there's something for you to do in your church. I'm, 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 I'm positive. Your job may be coming in on Thursday afternoons after Wednesday night church. If, if nobody's being paid to do it or some of the older workers are doing it, you know what? Volunteer to come in and clean for a week, uh, to clean for an hour. Uh, volunteer to help in the nursery. <laughs> That'll let you know what you say. <laughs> if you're working in a nursery, find something to do. If nothing else, volunteer to mow the yard, uh, volunteer to mow the preacher's yard, uh, find something to do, and then start there with that nucleus and then work out. Find places in the community. We just watched on the news a few minutes ago, flooding all over eastern Kentucky. People need help. Now, I'm not telling you to put on your boots and go help mud people out, but you know what? You can do things. You've got friends. You've got people that you can call. If nothing else, pray for people. Be a be a friend to somebody who's maybe who maybe has lost their home, um, and I'm, these are not big things. 
you know, we're, you're not asked to pack a suitcase and move to uh, Nairobi and be a foreign missionary. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are on the mission field right now. Get yourself in the Word. Get yourself in church and surrounded by other believers. And remember, Jesus don't make no junk. I'm sure English teachers will hate the way that I say that. But you are his workmanship. And you were created to show his work to those around you. When Jesus gave the disciples the Great Commission, he said your commission will start where you are. You have a sphere of influence. Now, I'm not telling you to grab up the biggest Bible you can get and go hit Uncle Ed in the head and say, you need to quit being a heathen. You need Jesus. What I am telling you is around Uncle Ed, you be Jesus. You let him see Jesus in you. You add Uncle Ed to your prayer list every day you pray for him. And you ask the Lord to show you ways that you can bless him. So that he can see that blessing and he can see the work of Christ through you because you might be the only Jesus Uncle Ed's ever going to meet. And if you walk in there with a the Bible under your hand, he's going to turn you off. He's going to build the wall up in front of him. He's not going to let you in. Then it starts with your friend base. And I'm just going to tell you, I know this from experience. You will, you will gravitate to the lowest denominator of your friends it 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 always happens it always happens so you may have to say goodbye to some of your friends if they are if they are the kind of friends that are not positively feeding you and I'm not telling you go up oh oh listen to Norm the other night and he said I need to get rid of you because you're a heathen no but maybe the next time they call and say, let's go this, let's go this, let's go here, let's go there, let's do this. Uh, maybe maybe you don't have time to do that because you are doing something else. Make some other friends. Make some friends within your church. And if you don't, hey, invite some friends to go to church with you. Create a base of people that will build you up, that will lift you up, that will bless you, and that will make you a stronger Christian. If you're trying to be the lone Christian and you're surrounded by wolves, <laughs> you're going to get torn to shreds. And then lastly, we have, we have to, as we, as we expand our base, we have to remember where our power comes from. I have no power within myself. My power comes from the Lord. If I try to walk in my own wisdom, <laughs> I'm going to fail. If I try to walk in my own understanding, I'm going to fall. And if I try to walk in my plan and purpose, it doesn't end well. It doesn't end well at all. So remember your word. Remember your gathering. And remember, you are his workmanship. And you were created for good things through him and live that purpose and that I think will be a good start to your Christian walk let me let me end with with a with a prayer for you and I don't know I don't know any of the needs I don't know who I don't know who will see this I have no idea who will see this 
but as I as I kind of started gathering my thoughts as we began preparing for this, I understand that at this time that we're doing this, it's it's a it's a much different time than we did the last one. Um, it was last fall, I guess, and I sat on the porch and it was it was it was a nice day. And now we've come through the winter, we've come through uh, ice storms, and we've come floods and we've come through COVID shutdown and all that stuff and now they're kind of like it's like spring you begin to when spring you know you start to feel you get a sun on you and you feel a little warmer and it's kind of like I want to shed winter I want to just get rid of rid of winter well that's where our spiritual life is supposed to be without Christ our life is cold and barren just like winter but as you let Christ work through you as you get as you start a conversation, conversation with Jesus, as you as you look for ways to serve, you'll be like that little flower that comes sticking up out of the hole and blooms, and everybody goes, "Oh, look at that flower!" And as you're drawn to that flower, you remember that just a few short weeks before that, the ground was frozen. The snow was on. Everything was barren, but now things are starting to bloom. Let your Christian walk be like that flower. Some of you have been in the have been in the ice too long. It's time for you to warm up. It's time for you to come out into the not S U N, but into the light of the S O N. We're called to be salt and light. Let His light shine through you. Let me pray, Father. We're grateful. We're thankful that at this time. In history, in the history of your church, you have made it so abundantly available that your word can go out to people that would have never heard it. From the limbs of the earth, the gospel is being proclaimed. Born of a virgin, lived a holy, sinless life, was wrongfully accused, murdered laid in a borrowed and on the third day resurrected gloriously forevermore this same Jesus that when we believe he's coming back for his church and we believe he's coming back for his church very soon so as we prepare for his arrival let us be found to be busy about the master's business let us look for opportunities not to preach at people, not to browbeat people, but to share what Jesus is doing in our lives. Give us a hunger for your word. Give us a give us a desire to see our old man die and this new creation that you've made in us to blossom like that little flower. Help us to be mindful that we need to be surrounded by people that are also doing the same thing. And that we're your workmanship, that you've created us for such a time as this, that we may be the only Jesus that people ever see. So keep guarded, our hearts guarded, keep our very footsteps guarded for your glory. And for those who will listen to this, especially this time of, of, of uncertainty 
put in us a hope and put in us a uh, an, a um, a desire to go through this and to come through the other side, the light of the sun. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, thank you, Norm, and I look forward to, to talking to you again. Um, it really was a blessing, and I will go ahead and let you go then. <laughs>